0: Hey Bene, this is Rina Deepti Annabelle and you're listening to The Sisterhood of Mommy Imperfect, the podcast where each and every week I explore different aspects of womanhood. The podcast where I speak to fierce and fabulous females who are all game changers in their own way. In this episode, I'm talking threads and by that I mean clothes, of course, but also Finding the thread that ties your story together, threads that tie you to the past and hold on to you just enough to let you go and spread your wings and fly in the direction that you want to go in. So my guest today is someone whose creations I have worn. I proudly have them in my wardrobe. She is the founder of the More Me fashion brand. She's also a teacher and a writer and quite frankly, a trailblazer. Welcome to the sisterhood of Mummy and Perfect, Roma. Thank you so much. I really feel like I now need to live up to that. You're living it now. You are living up to it. And that's why you're here. So like before my little intro, like you were saying that I've been on your radar for a while and same with you as well. I Mm -hmm. think, um, I don't know, like I think I saw you. I don't know. I saw something about I think it was a jacket and the skirt or some of your your, uh, clothing. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's really nice because it just caught my eye because I kind of love that what you're doing fusing east and west in in mm. in your uh in your brand so just talk a little bit about your brand first of all
1: yeah the brand really came out of um two things to be honest with you so what the brand does is essentially uses influences from indian fashion <clears throat> whether that be textiles or colors um but uses western tailoring that you know we are very comfortable with which is quite sharp tailoring and quite professional and fuses those together okay um and it really came out of two things it came out of a bit of a disappointment of what was out in the marketplace and what i mean by that is you know i was watching these really big brands take beautiful indian textiles and then just create these really like baggy tops without any shape or anything um, and just not doing them any service and bearing in mind, you know, my mom used to go to India every year for two months and we would all gather around her suitcase when she came back home and there would be these beautiful fabrics that would come out of her suitcase. And of, at this point I'm in uniform and I'm like, how am I going to wear this? I really want to wear this shawl, yeah. you know, with beautiful thread embroidery, but I can't wear it. Um, and so I was really disappointed with what was happening out there and always also really disappointed with how the high street, I don't know about you, but you know, when I was a lot younger, you could go to Nottingham, you could go to London, you could go to Manchester and the high street would look completely different. Um, what we're seeing now is essentially the same brands are appearing over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't make a difference where you go. And I think as consumers, we've lost out on that customer experience, um, and even though, you know, more me isn't on the high street yet, fingers crossed, <laughs> but, you know, I wanted to offer more out there. And then the second thing was I come from a background where my parents manufactured clothes in Leicester, like many, you know, kind of uh, Indian adults at that time. Um, and I saw that community that was really rich Um, really beautiful. Um, I had this extended family of 100 people that worked in the factory. And, you know, we couldn't, we didn't differentiate between, you know, my parents who were the owners, they were sitting on, you know, the machines with all the factory workers and those that were working for us. Um, And, you know, who always took me under their wing, they would, you know, come home from school um, or come back to the factory from school. And I would get the pick of meals I would have a look around (laughs) at what everybody had and I'd be like, I really like that. And they would just feed me, you know, there was no questions asked. Um, And so I had this beautiful extended family. And during the 90s, I watched that crumble where we really started seeing the rise of fast fashion. We started seeing a lot of manufacturing go abroad. Um, And then I started seeing these stories and we've seen them, haven't we? With Boohoo and Pretty Little Thing and misguided or whatever, where we've seen this, treatment of workers as if they are just things mm. and that to me is really personal because to me they still live around the corner they're still they're, it's still my aunt who taught me you know my mom didn't teach me how to tie a sari she sent me around the corner to a lady who worked in the factory because she was better at tying saris so these are people to me and um they were just being treated like commodities and so a part of the challenge was can I create a brand that women, Indi- British Indian women or British Pakistani women feel confident wearing to the workplace, mm. but it still represents them and their kind of mixed heritage, you know, where they've grown up in Britain, but their parents are from India or Pakistan. Um, can I create a brand where they feel confident wearing that? And can I do it with heart? Mm-hmm. And that was really important to me. So that's, that's what we're trying to do. And that's what the brand is.
0: Yeah. I mean you can really tell that it, like it it just sits with you like emotionally all these the the people that you've met and that's so, such a like personal thing to you like not everybody has that experience you know meeting these people who worked in the factory and and that kind of community and I've 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 um had a, um, a little bit of that experience because my dad I don't know he started this thing where um, they weren't sewn clothes, but they were sewn labels, and then there was like those are different women, yeah. and like you, it was like, oh yeah, can I can have these biscuits. <laughs> Thanks for that, on <laughs> Auntie. You know what I mean? <laughs> it is like that, and that's how it's your. But yeah, it it turns into the people, right? It's it's more about the people. Absolutely, and you know, if we go back to the seventies, there were over
1: eighty thousand people that were employed in manufacturing just in Leicester, mm. and that is dwindling away. We've still got pockets of it. So I love the fact that the gentleman who provides the, the ribbon that goes across my um, uh, my crossbody top and the everyday trouser, he, the one who provides that, you know, he started the business 30 years ago and his eldest son runs it. Mm. I love the fact that, um, you know, I'm going and I'm buying the ties on my everyday trousers from yep. somebody who's run the business for 30, 40 years and I can walk in, and I can remember I went to go and get the ties, and I was waiting for them to be made up. And the dad who'd started the factory was sitting there eating some samosa, awesome. and he was like, "Do you want to sit down?" And I was like, "Yeah, all right then." Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I love that I can do that because these are human beings, and for them it is an art; it's their livelihood, and they have supported their children through their dreams. You know, they came to the UK, they went into manufacturing. They supported their children through university and all of those aspirations. And they're still doing it now. You know, two of uh, two of the machinists that make the clothes for More Me, they've got seven and 11 year olds that are going to going into secondary school this mm. year. And their hopes for them are that they'll get them through university and they're relying on the manufacturing trade to do that.
0: Yeah.
1: And yeah. I just think, you know, we benefited from that. My generation benefited from that. and um, We need to pay that forward. And, uh, and make sure that there is space for them to do that too
0: yeah but that's such a beautiful thing that you're actually thinking of those on those lines of, of paying it forward you know because I don't think um, everybody you can't does that not when yeah you
1: know, I was really lucky with my mum and dad that they just made sure that we did you know we were sweeping the floors and we just never saw any difference
0: I was gonna ask you, you did you get roped in and I thought of course she got oh. roped in it's Asian parents
1: Yeah, at 11 years old, I was was sewing labels, you know, on the back of T-shirts, and I can still remember if anybody in the factory, if their children had a wedding, Mm. and this was back in the day when it wasn't all catered and everything, you know, we had to go back. We would go to the wedding, but then my dad would send us back at 8, 9 p.m. to go and clean the hall before it was given back. Um, Okay. And so there was no differentiation. So how can you... I don't you know and I really appreciate and I really thank you for saying you know uh, it's really nice that you think of them like that but how can you not because the the you know the roti that I was eating that night was down to them
0: Mm. and Mm -hmm. I love
1: the fact that in a way I'm trying to make that come back you know every penny that I'm making is down to their um craftsmanship uh, and their ideas and the love that they put into the clothes Mm
0: -hmm. yeah Wow, it has a bit. Yeah, it's had a massive impact on you, isn't it? Um, and, and you are actually a Cov girl originally, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I was born in Coventry. Same Wallsbury here.
1: Hospital. <laughs> Same here.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I saw your post and yeah. you were talking about how Coventry Cathedral was like, you know, this really peaceful place. And I, I can it. completely resonate with that. Um, And then, yeah, my parents tried to start a factory in Coventry and failed. So my dad actually had two failed factories before he started the third one, um, which always gives me a little kick up the bum when, you know, I'm unsure whether I've got the energy to carry on. Do
0: you know what? I I think that the way that people came over to this country and just... Okay, I'm gonna do this and 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 do it. And sometimes with not with that much knowledge. Did they come where were they from? Did they come here from India? Were they born here? So, yeah, or? my dad
1: was from Bombay, okay. now Mumbai, and my mum's from Punjab. Okay. Um, and so they met whilst they were here. And I think for my for my dad, certainly, he's the eldest of four sons.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was about proving himself. Yeah. You know, a lot of that was about proving himself. Uh, but also. As he told me, um, you know, he 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 just wasn't very good at taking instructions. <laughs> he, okay. was, he was the eldest of four sons. He was giving instructions. So um, and last year, you know, headship was on the cards for me. I was uh, a vice principal and headship was on the cards for me. And I decided that I was going to go down this route of setting up more me. And I sat down with him and I said, you know, dad, I'm not going to go down that route. I'm actually going to take a bit of a punt, and I'm going to take a bit of a risk. And he just turned around to me, and he just looked at me. And you know, when you realise your parents know you so much better than you know yourself. Yeah, yeah. He just turned around and he goes, "Bitter, when are you going to realise you are just not one to be managed?"
0: (laughs) I love that. I love that. And he was just like, "Just do it, no fear." I absolutely love that. That's all you need. You know, um, same as you, like when I when I think, oh, God, I can't do this. Or, you know, this is really difficult. I think about my my nanaji, uh, my mom's dad, because he came here in the 60s. And I think he went from Punjab. Then he went, they went to Singapore and then he was working there. And then from Singapore, they came here. And he uh, he didn't know how to really read or write, didn't really know English. Obviously, didn't have that much money. He was from a, you know, a village mm-hmm. in Punjab. And then he. Um, opened up a clothing shop like two clothing shops actually Um, Mm -hmm. and so and and this was in Coventry and I just thought you know from somebody who has not been educated and then they've ended up opening businesses not being scared of it just going for it owning multiple houses it's like I've had an education here what's my excuse what is my exactly you know
1: You know what? I'm so glad you said that because there's days when I just feel like I do feel like giving up. Of course I do. Everybody, I think everybody does. And, you know, I really appreciate the fact that people post their successes online. Mm. But I don't think we should forget that they are staggered with lots of small failures or hiccups or lots of self-doubt. And for me as well, I think to myself, you know, come on, come on, Roma. They came they came here with so little. And 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 you've got this too, and we're really lucky in that we have their support. Um, hopefully, um, and therefore we've we've got no reason to give up that easily. And sometimes I feel like saying this because I still teach part time, and I see these, you know, Asian girls. And they're so scared. They're scared of making the wrong decision. They're scared of picking the wrong uni course. They're scared of, you know, it's just fear after fear after fear. They're scared of their exams. And sometimes I just want to grab them and be like, you stand on the shoulder of giants. Do you know this? Do you have any idea how badass your grandma, your mum must have had to be just to get through a day here? You know, my mum didn't speak the language. She didn't read or write. She couldn't even call home you know, and she just had to make it work. So don't worry about doing the wrong course or anything like that. Firstly, because life makes sense in hindsight. Yeah. I was saying this to, um, so I mentor through the Burdesi community. Right. And I'm a mentor through them. And I was mentoring yesterday and I said to my mentee, I just said, life makes sense in hindsight. Stop worrying about getting it perfect. The journey will make sense in hindsight. When I was sitting sewing labels at the, at the age of 11, I, you know, my only desire was to get out of that factory. I never wanted to step foot in a factory again. <laughs> okay. And now here I am <laughs> doing this. Um, And so life makes sense in hindsight. Um, And so we need to remember that. And I just want to pick up on that point that you said about, you know, your, your granddad setting up these shops. What we also used to have then was the idea that, we trusted each other as a community and we bought from each other as a community. Yes, yep. And that's why I'm saying, you know, we have benefited from our, a lot of our parents being in the manufacturing trade. And therefore, it's time to find those businesses that are supporting the new wave of people that come into this country and they're, mm. they're making their living from manufacturing. Um, we used to do that, didn't we? We used to go yeah. to each other's shops, et cetera. Um, and it's time to start thinking like that again. I think we, we owe it and we need to pay it forward, like I said.
0: Yeah, we do. And this whole thing of like coming together to support each other, you know, people in your community, that's how you're going to progress, right? Not like, oh, well, I've, I've made it, I'm all right. You know what I mean? Because I think sometimes there is that kind of attitude of, I want to be the only one to succeed. And you get mm-hmm. people get scared that if I encourage other people to do this, you know, I, mm-hmm. I won't shine as brightly. And... I I don't agree with that because I think you're stronger together. I I think people who
1: think that way don't know their story, if I'm going to be honest. I think if you really know your story and you really know why you're doing something, you're not scared about somebody else doing it because they will have a different why, they will have a different story, they'll have a different perspective. I love, you know, seeing some of the amazing brands that are out there that are doing the whole Indo-Western fusion thing. They have a different motivation. They might have Mm. a different angle. And that's great. Um, But I think people who do that haven't really got clear about their story. They don't know their why, because if they knew their why, it didn't matter who else was in the field. Um, It's almost like your performance becomes secondary, It's the Mm. reason that keeps you going. And that's easy to say. Don't get me wrong. There's some days if I don't get an order in, I feel very different. Performance is all I'm thinking about. Um, But yeah, I think people who are really scared of everybody else doing something, uh, they're not clear about why they're doing it because then that's the only thing that would motivate you. And I also want to highlight that, you know, I'm not talking about, um, I'm not talking along colour lines here. You know, I'm not saying support your local business only if they're brown or whatever i'm saying support them regardless anybody Mm. who's trying to make a living in this country you know our parents were given the benefit of the doubt Mm. we deserve to pay that forward
0: yeah now I mean, this it takes guts to do what you did to start a business. And especially like, cause you said you were a teacher. Okay. So teaching nice, safe profession. Okay. So you're not going to be like a millionaire doing it safe profession, respectable. And I'm sure my dad would have loved to say, Oh yes, my daughter's a teacher rather than oh she's gone into the media. What made you then think, you know what? I want to just go on a little tangent.
1: Um, it's funny, isn't it? Because we look at somebody doing something and we say they're brave and um, but the thing is they weren't brave when they were doing it they were probably petrified and i can honestly say i'm petrified most days <laughs> just but um and you don't wake up feeling brave one day you just keep doing stuff that makes you feel uncomfortable and hopefully yes. you just feel a little less uncomfortable you know um i've recently just taken you know i've taken a bit of a pause uh because something that was really scary for me is that this time of year people are saying you know, fashion brands are just, we're releasing our autumn range and we're releasing this and we're Mm. releasing that. Um, And there's this crazy like hamster wheel that you have to be on. And I can remember sitting down and I thought, this isn't isn't who I am. This is actually going against everything that I'm saying. What I'm saying is we are a brand that really takes sustainability seriously. Okay, so every one of our pieces I have sat down you know the T-shirt that I'm wearing
0: right now, and that you've got as well. Yeah, I wanted to wear that, by the way. But I, mean, I was like, I was trying to find. It's in the wash, and I was like, Oh no, I want to wear. It. But you <laughs> well, can, at least it's been that's worn. That's it. I was going to say yes. At least it's been worn. Go on. So it's 100 recycled. You know, even down to the point where I made sure that the ink
1: was natural. It doesn't fade in the wash. It doesn't crack. All of these things were important. And then people might not understand that when you look at everyday trouser, it's not recycled material because I was thinking what can I get where the color doesn't fade in the wash Mm. because you can often get these bright pinks and blacks and I hate it when you you know your black trousers go gray yeah
0: um
1: so I wanted something that was going to last a lot longer because that is sustainable too so it's not a natural fiber it's not a natural material okay and we're making sorry is it polyester yes Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um But it will last a lot longer. It doesn't crease. Therefore, you don't have to, it doesn't crease as much. So you don't have to iron it as much. So it doesn't fade as much. So there's all of these reasons why it can stay in your wardrobe longer. So I'm making all of these decisions uh, based on sustainability at its core. Um, And so that's really important to us. And what I was, you know, going back to this kind of like crazy hamster wheel. Mm. No, I refuse to release autumn, winter, spring, summer. You should be able to wear any of these clothes at any time of the year. That's the idea.
0: Yeah, I'm, And I'm, I refuse yeah. to get
1: caught up in this rat race. And when we produce something that we're really proud of, at the moment I've got, you know, literally I'm waiting for my FedEx delivery. I've got 12 different fabrics coming in that I've handpicked and I've got printed, etc. Out of those 12, I might produce two or three things that I am mm. just exceptionally proud of and then mm. I will release it because I want you to be proud of wearing it mm. and I want there to be a thought process behind it. Um, and so, yeah, and, you know, I was scared to say no. You know, it's September, it's going to be September. I was scared to say that I haven't got a brand new range out. Um, so,
0: it, it's, it's yeah, I can FOMO. make it, it's, it's, it's this whole <laughs> that thing of, FOMO isn't it especially like when you if you go online and on social media and stuff and then it's like I'm not doing oh my god everyone's doing this I'm not doing mm-hmm. this I've had that before and I've had to come away I've I've had to distance myself from it mm-hmm. and I think social media is a really good thing but like you so at some points I'm like well oh my god they're doing all this I'm not doing this but then you have to like have a word with yourself right like you said
1: yeah absolutely or in the time of for instance crop tops you know when they're really in I've released a longer top that you can half tuck in for the woman who doesn't feel comfortable wearing a crop top. Um, because I know there's so many of them out there who, who mm. just wouldn't wear it. Yeah. Um. And so sometimes you kind of book the trend and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um. And from the outside that might seem really brave, um, but it doesn't mean that I'm not scared when I'm doing it.
0: <laughs> is well, what I'm saying. I, you know, what you said about just feeling scared and then just doing it and being uncomfortable. And I, I totally kind of can relate to that because I feel like it's uncomfortable. If you put yourself in uncomfortable situations, that's when the growth happens, right? Whether it's like working out to, I don't know, you know build muscle or whatever or trying to learn yeah. a new thing because when I do workouts I think about this as well like every time I'm doing a workout I'm like I think about this about focus and keeping going and it and it reflects in the rest of my life as well and mm-hmm. and even like one thing that scared me which I've um kind of conquered this year is like you know like um I, I did work in production for a long time but I never um presented and did a drove the desk at the same time and I found mm-hmm. that quite a scary thing to do and mm-hmm. so I was thrown into that and then it's, like we said, uncomfortable situations caused you to grow. So now it's like, wow, I can do that. I'm so comfortable with it. And just before
1: we started recording, I was telling you how wonderfully you were doing. And from the outside, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, it, you know, you doing anything else doesn't make sense to me because this is all I see. Mm. I'm not a professional in media and um, as far as i'm concerned you know you're you're doing phenomenally well you will pick up on the little things that you may have yeah. missed or etc cetera, etc cetera. and i think we have to remember that and again uh, if I'm ever scared, I, I just go back to those stories. I'm so lucky to have this amazing group of women around me. And really they are the driving force for our next range, which I'll talk about. Um, but they have these exceptional women around me. And then I hear some of their stories and I'm like, what the hell am I even scared about? You know, <laughs> Do you see some of the things that they, they've had to go through? Uh-huh. Um, and so perspective is a great thing. It's, it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The the courage you can get from other people's stories.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's why it's so good to talk to a different range of people because you Mm. don't want to be in your own bubble. Um, So tell me about um, this, uh, the new, you know, your new ideas then.
1: Um, So essentially... Like I said, uh, I find it really difficult to just say that we are a fashion brand because we're not. We're storytellers. Um, You know, if somebody if somebody was to ask me about the embroidered jacket, I would tell them first about how I used to get really excited around my mum's suitcase when she used to bring out these Mm -hmm. shawls with, uh, you know, that guy embroidery on them, et cetera, et cetera. We are storytellers. And so the next range is called um, Step Out of Line. Mm -hmm. and we are releasing the stories of these phenomenal women who came to the UK in maybe the 70s and the 80s so we're not talking partition era we're talking about our grandmas you know uh, who came to the UK in the 70s and 80s and just instances where they stepped out of line where they were brave okay and that is influencing the entire range so you're going to see lots of stripes you're going to see lots of clean lines etc um and fingers crossed so the aim is actually to do a bit of an exhibition about their stories that's so cool in Leicester yeah um and um and so that's what we're working towards which is why we're perfectly happy to put a bit of a hold and not be rapidly releasing things because we want to do this amazing big thing and we want to give their stories credit And so I'd also like to make a massive call out, please. If you have an aunt, a grandma who came over to the UK in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and she tells you about these little stories and you really think that you'd like to share those or she'd like to share those. And it is mainly women um, Mm. because their stories are so often lost. Um, And I'm worried, you know, they're in their 80s, their 90s. And if we don't capture them, we're going to lose them. And so if you do have a grandma uh, who is around who'd like to talk about their stories or a mum who came to the UK I'd love to absolutely connect with you and I'd love to speak to them there's no obligation they can tell their mm-hmm. stories if you change them if they change their mind we won't use it but we'd love it to empower other women
0: and do they have to be in the Midlands or is it just UK no no no,
1: anywhere anywhere I will okay. travel anywhere for a good cup of tea and a, small stand, a good story <laughs>
0: Same so Same online <laughs> okay lovely um now that sounds super good is it going to be like a east west fusion thing as well that like absolutely. the design the design take
1: it yeah absolutely the design will take from um, uh, eastern designs uh also the stories and what they're telling and then that will influence the patterns the cut everything like that I,
0: I just love that kind of mix of using those uh, Indian fabrics and colours and stuff in, in uh, Western wear because it's either or isn't it with us sometimes it's like either you go full on Desi you know, Lenga, Tikka, this, that whatever, uh, Janjara or it's just oh no no I, I'm i gonna you know just wear a blazer and trousers and that's it and I I won't be seen wearing jump gear with them I've tried to mix it up a little bit but you know there is yeah. that either or and I, I've actually seen um because I have like sister-in-laws uh Ghanaian sister-in-laws um th- my in-laws are Ghanaian and they um they do they have that with with their own uh fabrics like West African fabric so yeah. you know the skirts you don't have to go full-on traditional it's a nice fitted skirt in the fabric, a nice jacket. And I and I and I was looking for that, I guess. And I think because in the back of my mind, I was looking for a, a South Asian equivalent of that. That's why when I saw your designs, they really appealed to me.
1: Yeah. And, and again, you know, India has been such a leader of textiles for so, so long. And it produces beautiful... And it's also at the cutting edge of sustainable fabrics. Um beautiful designs that it's a shame that we don't see more of that. Yeah. I think to some extent it's, we are a little bit worried about standing out in the workplace. We try and assimilate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I
1: completely understand that. But you know, sometimes I feel like saying sweetheart, you're going to stand out anyway. You know, if you're the only Brown woman in a room of white middle-aged men, just own it. You don't have to wear a Navy suit or a black suit. You're going to stand out anyway. So take your difference and let it empower you.
0: Uh, And so, you know,
1: we did did a whole load of things where you could just wear another black blazer or you could wear our embroidered blazer and just own it. Mm. Um, Or you could just wear a black pencil skirt or you could wear our embroidered skirt and just own it. And that's what I would say, you know, people will notice that you're different. If you're different, you're different. And that's okay. And this is coming from someone who'd hit five foot eight at the age of 12 (laughs) it's <laughs> you know, a nice high really yeah. I really couldn't blend in and I've just you know I tried so many years I tried for so many years and I just couldn't and then I just thought sod it
0: <laughs> I tried to blend in with um my friends who were like much fairer than me and probably tried to use the mm-hmm. same foundation as them and looked gray for years you know what yeah. I like I spent the late teens and early <laughs> yeah. 20s I had a gray face for some weird reason um so then I just aren't you glad we didn't have social media then oh my god I'm so so glad (laughs) um so yeah even myself owning it and and the skin tone thing is a big deal for me um you know just being comfortable with myself and um my own body and that kind of thing and just wearing things that actually suit me so I had to learn that and develop that confidence as as I went on Uh, and you mean you probably did the same with your height as well like you said yeah
1: and also you know like for instance our photo shoots I, I have had um in the first one we had a makeup artist and then we have had some but mainly a lot of the women will do their own makeup in what they're comfortable with mm-hmm. um and we try and get you know different sizes and i just think just be yourself because i don't you know there's this whole tiktok and, and instagram um uh, trend isn't there where they're taking the mick out of those zara models who were just in these really, who are just, you know, exceptionally thin and uh, yeah. they are in all of these weird positions. And I'm just kind of thinking, what is going on? Just come in, be yourself. Let's take some photos. Mm. Um, because that, I think that's what people want to see. And so, yeah, if you're going to be, if you're different, you're going to be different. We are, you know, I think if we look at the 2001 cen- census, you know, I know that the 2011, sorry, the 2011 census, I know the 2021 one is going to be out soon, but, we are three percent of the population
0: mm. you know if you're looking at British Indian you're going to be different yeah. just to accept it absolutely and also like for us ourselves to own it because not just waiting for a you know a non-South Asian celebrity singer or pop star to then put bindis on or wear a shawl and we're like oh my god that's it it's okay to wear a shawl with a